Yet another final four coach is across the table from us now. He is in year number nine as the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. Jim Laranaga, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you, Coach? Good, David. How are you? Doing well. You turned 69 last week. What no, are you? No, no. 70. 7-0. Oh, but I'm, I'm one of the younger coaches in this yeah. league. The guys you just mentioned, Bayheim, Shashevsky, Leonard Hamilton, they're all older than me. You feel like a kid. They haven't even updated your Wikipedia page yet. Not it still yet. says 69, man. So what do you do at 70 to celebrate a birthday? Um, well, we got to get our team prepared to, to go into the ACC season. And I got a great group of guys. We have five veterans and uh, four young guys. But we only have nine scholarship players right now that are available to us. We're hoping to get a tenth when Keith Stones uh, rehabs his injury and is available to compete. We have seen Roy Williams dance with his team at Late Night with Roy. We've seen you do some pretty cool Muhammad Ali-style boxing moves and other things. How do you stay young around a bunch of 18 to 23-year-olds? Well, those are the guys that keep you young. Uh, my, my players uh, are, are really my life. I, I love those guys. They're fun to be around. Uh, I love going to practice. Practice is a lot more fun than the games. The fans can enjoy the games. <laughs> But really, my classroom is, is the practice floor. And I enjoy teaching. I have a great group of coaches on my staff. I enjoy being around them. They're a lot younger than me. Uh, they keep me updated about what's going on uh, in, in youth basketball. And uh, uh, I, I want to continue coaching as long as I possibly can. I imagine in your shoes, given that relatively uncommon nine scholarship players, there can be an upside, right? You don't have guys 10, 11, 12, and 13 complaining or mad calls from mom or dad. If somebody rolls an ankle, there's a clear downside. Did the pluses outweigh the minuses to carry in nine or more coaches would do it that way? Well, first of all, I want to correct you. Just because I only have nine guys and they're all going to play, that doesn't mean the parents don't want to tell me how to do my job. <laughs> uh, my son should be starting. My son should get more shots. <laughs> but, but, and, and I'm joking about that because not only do we have a great kids, they come from great families and they have great parents. But the fact of the matter is nine is really doable during the game. It's much harder to prepare for an opponent when you only have nine guys. Practice is more challenging. So we do have a, a, uh, uh, a system that we're using. We've got two walk-ons that we are okay. utilizing for that 10th position so we can scrimmage. Uh, but uh, when Chris likes has to go against, you know, walk-ons, it's not the same as going against the guys from Duke or Carolina <laughs> or Louisville. <laughs> Jim Laranega is joining us. He's also previously been the head coach at Bowling Green and George Mason. Remember that amazing run to the Final Four. He has taken Miami to great heights as well. We have seen the Canes win an ACC title. Coach, I got into this stuff as a media member roughly around the time that you became a head coach for the first time at Bowling Green, or no, you were a head coach prior to that, weren't you, at, Amer at uh, American, American International, International College, okay. Division Two. All right, I'll fast forward you to the 86, 87, because that's when I joined this craziness. The world has changed a lot since then, and you know one of the hot button issues right now is name, likeness, image. Um, you've seen even in the last decade, cost of attendance adjustment, athletes getting a lot more than they once did. Where do you stand on this California law that would not require universities to pay the athletes, but would open the door for these third parties 
to allow these guys to take advantage of the free market the way you do as a coach and the way universities do in their athletic department? Well, throughout my career, rules have changed and laws have changed. And one of the things, I've mentioned this before, uh, there, was, there was a time when the NCAA passed a rule that you could have a bagel after a hard workout, but no cream cheese, uh, peanut butter, or jelly. I remember this. Right? But what happened to that rule? It went away. It, no, it didn't go away. Eventually, they, they, right? No, no, no. It, it changes. It gets edited. It gets uh, adjusted. And that's what's going to happen with this. These are new complicated issues that are coming to the forefront that the people in, on both sides of the equation are going to discuss and try to figure out what's best for college athletics, what's best for college athletes. And coaches, they're just going to roll with the, the punches. Whatever they have to deal with in the recruiting process, they're going to deal with. We love our profession. We love doing what we're doing. All the rules has always been complicated. At one time, you, you couldn't text. Now you text every single day. Yeah. Rules change, and as they change, we adjust. When you think of the California law, are, are you okay with the idea of third-party money, or do do you believe that what these young men get in the form of room, board, tuition, cost of attendance, and even some other things is enough to prevent them from joining that free market? Yeah. I'm not in a position to impact the rules and what the de decisions are ultimately going to be. And I've always been, been uh, educated that control what you can control and don't worry about the things you can't. Yeah. So I, d I don't worry about what decisions are going to be made. I'm not trying to impact those decisions. So whatever happens, I'm going to do the best I can do. My coaches will do the best we can do. And we're going to help our players, no matter what the rules are, we're going to help them understand it and live with it and benefit from it. Last thing for you. I don't know how much your focus is entirely on the Canes versus what you already have digested about the other 14 teams here. But, you know, Duke and Louisville and UNC and UVA are considered the favorites in air quotes. Uh, I wonder if your thoughts are similar or different along those lines. And then for your Hurricanes specifically, it feels like you have a lot of good guards, and we talk about this as being a guard-oriented game. Uh, does that make you believe that you have a chance to kind of climb the ladder in ACC competition compared to, say, your finish last year? Well, the reason we can look at our guard play and be optimistic is if you look at Chris Likes, uh, DJ Vasilovich, and Cam Augusti, they have 2,200 career points. Wow. If you look at our four front court players, Rodney Miller, Sam Wardenberg, Anthony Walker, and Dan Gack, they have 300 career total points. Yeah. So we've got uh, some unknowns. How will our front court be able to compete against those teams that you mentioned? I know our guards can compete because they've done it before. Our front court guys have to learn and grow and gain some valuable experience. Am I leaving anybody out when I say Duke, Louisville, UNC, and UVA? Yeah, probably about four or five other teams, yeah. like like a Florida State. All I right. mean, you know, Maybe a Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. I mean, it, it just everybody, Syracuse. You, you can't ever underestimate somebody in this league because this league has been so young for so many years, and those guys go to the NBA, and new young guys step in and become 
immediate contributors. Crazy number, nine of the last 19 NCAA championships have been won by current, NC, current ACC members. Nine of 19, almost half the time. That's the league that you're well, dealing with, Coach. You can also look at last year's NBA draft. Yeah. Half of the top 10 chosen are ACC guys. 13 of the 60 guys drafted. That makes it more fun for us. Sometimes it makes it more fun for you. Thank you, as always, for your time here on the David Glenn Show. Thanks, David.